If you have a Bible, turn to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. I titled the, the series that we are beginning this morning, Floor Plans for Life. Floor Plans for Life. It is also the curriculum that uh, we are going to be going through this semester in Connect. One of the reasons I did is because even though we want to, to learn more, even though we want to, to increase our understanding in some deep things, for us to do that, I believe we need to have the basics covered even more soundly. You know, I have a, a set of floor plans up here. It's, it's a set of floor plans for a house and and if you look at this floor plan, you, you would see a number of things about the house. You'd see everything pretty much about different aspects of the house, depending on how detailed this set of floor plans would be. You would see where the lights are placed in each and every room. You'd see the square footage that is there. You would see the, the slope, the height of the house itself, of the roof. You, you would be able to see all the details of every single room. The plumber might take this and say, all right, I've got to have a sink here and a toilet here and a shower here. The the roofer, as I stated, would, would look at it and figure all the different aspects of their particular job. It's for a house. Every building that has been built, statues that have been built, all have floor plans, ideas, thoughts. This summer I found myself out in South Dakota and as we were driving up to this monument, the monument was Mount Rushmore, we got out of the car, we walked through the the gate down the steps and sure we had seen the the mount all the faces but i sat there and i looked at it and at first glance to be honest with you i was like wow i thought it'd be bigger honestly thought it'd be bigger but then i walked from there inside the hall and in the hall there was the whole story of mount rushmore why it was built, the 400 plus men that it took day after day for multiple years, some five years, they were working almost every day. It took over 10 years, but they, they didn't have the funds, so they had to lay everybody off for a while. But there was a designer, an architect, and what he did, this Gutsan Borglum, this artist, this sculptor, he was, he was brought in to put on the granite hillside in South Dakota. Major, I mean huge men that helped to carve out our United States of America. But what he did to make sure that he would have the room for each one of these men on the granite 
face or on the granite wall, he made a life-size model. And that life-size model, he then projected it up on the granite. And there was a scale. And if he would have been off, guess what? Abraham Lincoln's nose would not be like Abraham Lincoln's nose. George Washington's face would not be recognizable as George Washington's face. There was a scale, and he held that scale to the T. Well, just in trying to build a house and also in building a monument, there are floor plans. There is a floor plan for the Christian life. John records a time when a man by the name of Nicodemus came to speak with Jesus. He recorded in John's Gospel, John chapter 3, and I'm going to read it for us this morning. I'm going to start in verse number 1. I believe the uh, verses might not start until verse 3, but we'll see what's on the screen. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? That would be weird. But he asked it, trying to understand what Jesus was saying. Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can, we, how can these things be? And Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know. Bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, meaning this, if I told you about a birth and I told you about a wind and you didn't believe that, these earthly things, how do you believe if I tell of heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up a serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in Him may have eternal life. And then we read our memory verses for the month of September. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son 
into the world to condemn the world. But in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever, verse 18 states, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Heavenly Father, in these moments, would you speak? I ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Looking at a blueprint, looking at a floor plan, your attention might be drawn to what the actual building looks like. Your attention might be drawn to the, the pretty finishes that you can see on that sheet of paper. But if you and I do not build said structure on a solid foundation, it does not matter how pretty the building is. It will not last. This morning, in the moments that we have left, I want to draw your attention to verse number 16 and verse number 17. And I want us to see three aspects of this foundation. The first is just that, that the foundation of one's life must be solid if it's going to last. You're building your life on something. Every single person that has ever lived or that is living or that will ever live, they are building their lives. You are building your life on something. The question is, is it solid? When the storm comes, is it solid? Life is full of ups and downs. There are weeks where... There are struggles, there are questions, and then there are weeks when you go through them and I go through them and nothing has changed. And when that week comes, you're like, did I just go through seven days? N nothing on the meter of life went up or down. And it's like, yeah, I guess I did. But then there are days like it's Monday at 10 o'clock in the morning. You're like, there's no way in the world because of what happened in the first two hours of my said week that I'm going to be able to make it this week. Every single one of us have that. You don't know when those weeks are coming. Most of the time. But when they come and everything breaks loose, what's the foundation? Let me read this verse for us again. And as I read the verse, I want you to just think about it. It's so familiar to you, right? It is probably, no, it's not probably. It is the most publicized verse in all of Scripture. You see it on the side of the street. Somebody defacing a sign, defacing a bridge, writing John 3.16. I don't know if God likes that or not, but it happens. You see it at ball games. 
You, you see it before ball games, like if you're watching game day on ESPN last Saturday, there were multiple signs with John 3.16 plastered all over them. Largest sporting events, largest moments put on billboards. You see this verse more than any other verse, and it is familiar to you. Before I get there, let me ask you a couple of questions about something that is familiar to you. In my hand is a quarter. Anybody ever seen a quarter? Yep. All right, we've seen quarters. Quiz. Whose face is on the quarter? All right, most of you said George Washington, I think. George Washington's on the quarter. I'm going to look the same way you're looking. If you're looking at a quarter right here, which direction is George Washington facing? Is he facing this direction or is he facing that direction? Who says that way? Is that your final answer? He faces this way. Are you familiar with a quarter? Question. Question. What's the word that's written above George Washington without taking a quarter out of your pocket or your purse? In God we trust. Anybody want to say that? That's above George Washington. Liberty is above George Washington. Let's turn over on the back real quick. I, I got to hurry because my sermon time is coming to an end. What's on the back of a regular quarter? Not a state quarter, but a regular quarter. An eagle. What's the eagle perched on? What's underneath the eagle? There's some twigs. I say all of that to say this. Just because you are familiar with something, are we truly familiar with the details of this verse? Let me read the verse for us again. And as I read the verse... Allow your eyes to see it afresh and anew. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Your the foundation that your life is on must be solid if you're going to make it. But not only does the foundation have to be solid, you and I need to understand that the foundation for life, life, not, not just a physical 70 years that's going to happen, but for life that happens, those 70 years plus a whole eternity after The foundation for life starts with God. For God. For God what? There in verse number 16. For God so loved the world. So God loved. But it's not just that He loved. It's that He so loved. Those two letters that make up that word so, there's 
It is so easy to skip over the word so, but the word so, S-O, is everything. Because it shares how much God loved you. How much did God love you? He loved you so much that He gave. And He didn't didn't give just some little bitty gift. No, He gave the largest, greatest, most powerful gift that He could ever give. And He gave Himself. God so loved you. The word world there in that statement is not that He so loved plankton or so loved the Sahara Desert. It's that He so loved the inhabitants of the world. The degree, the magnitude, the weight that is being measured of this love. He loved you and me so much that He gave His Your life right now, what are you standing on? What are you standing on? Are are you standing on your abilities? Students, uh, you are finding yourselves starting a new semester of school, a new year of school, and you are growing, you're using the acumen that you have You are increasing that acumen. Those that don't understand that word, it is knowledge, intellect, gray matter that you have in in between your ears. But you are increasing that, and it is a great thing. But that, in and of itself, will fail. Sir, that in and of itself, it will fail. Are you building your life? Is the foundation of your life family? Just a few hours, I will stand on this stage and I will look out over a family that has lost a son way too early. Maybe just hit 30. People will die. You and I are not promised next week. We're not promised the rest of today. What are we building our lives on? What's the foundation for us? It must start with God. But not only do we see that this work, this foundation, the floor plans of life start with God, but... Finally, we see that the foundation for life is set with Jesus' work. When this house was being built, the different individuals took these plans and plans like these, and they laid out the design of this house. And they put footings in the ground. And they put footings on all four sides to make this building the foundation of it. And then from that, they started building up. Floor plans of your life must start 
with God. And He is going to encircle or He is going to put the parameters there of your life. And when He does that, it is set in the work of Christ. Look at verse 16. Let me read verse 17 and also verse 18 and let's talk for three minutes. But here's what He says. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. For God didn't send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. He didn't send Jesus to condemn the world. He did not send Jesus to condemn you. He sent Jesus to save you. The foundation of the spiritual life, of the Christian life, is this, that the work has been done. It's good news. That's what the gospel means. It is good news. Literally, that's what it means. Euangelion, that's the Greek word for gospel or good news. It's not, hey, here's a punch list of things that you have to do. Nope. It's good news. It's finished news that Jesus has done. And John records the next verse, whoever... Whoever believes in Him is not condemned. For those in this section of the room back over here, um, sorry, I stood back there and I sang. And uh, I'm grateful that it says to make a joyful noise and not make a great note. That would be welcome sight. But... As I was singing one of my favorite songs, he broke chains. He is one who has already broken your chains. Your chains are broken of a finished work that he has already done. And I just, I just stood there and and part of the song, I was just like, all right, I'm not even going to sing. And I was like, no, I've got to sing. Because I know what he did for me. He broke chains. This word belief, this word belief, it's not like this. You don't believe in Jesus as Savior and Lord the same way that you believe that Napoleon was the guy in charge in France. I don't even know what his title was. I know he was a person. I know he was a historical person. And he was a great general. And he conquered. But then he got defeated. I believe that. But it's not the same belief that I have in Jesus. Jesus died for me. Jesus took my sins. He took my place. This is a totally different type of belief. And because of that, that set work that is done. Paul said it this way in Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 through 15. And you, 
who were dead in your trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with Him, Christ, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This, He set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame. How? By triumphing over them in Him. How long has Christ's work been done? Hebrews chapter 4 and Hebrews chapter 9 state that in verse 3 of chapter 4 and verse 26 down through 28 of chapter 9, it states before the foundation of the world, this work was finished. This work was done. So as you and I go about this Sunday, I go back to the question, what are you building your life on? You building your life on school? You building your life on family? You building your life on, on work? What are you building your life on? There's only one that when all chaos comes about. And you heard the testimony of one this morning that spoke of chaos. But when all chaos comes about, there is only one whose foundation will stay. Sir, this morning I beg you that you would build your life on Jesus. I beg you, ma'am. Ma'am, I beg you that your floor plan, no matter the slope of the roof, no, no matter the trajectory or the job that you are looking for, no, no matter the place that you are going to hang your shingle, so to speak, whether it's in Mississippi or or California, or Timbuktu, or anywhere in between. I beg that you would find solid footing in Jesus. No matter the work field, no matter the spouse, no matter the address that you and I would build on the good news of Jesus. Next Sunday morning, we are going to have the opportunity to witness multiple examples of baptism. He speaks of baptism right here in this passage. And what baptism is ultimately is two pictures. Number one, it's a picture of what Jesus did. He died on the cross. He was placed in the tomb. And three days later, He was resurrected from the dead. He was raised from the dead. He is alive. And that is the picture of baptism. But it's also a picture of what happened inside the individual. The individual is dead to sin and trespasses. To sin and self. They are buried. Because they're dead and they are raised to walk in newness of life. It is a picture of this faith that is inside of us. And this evening, this week, as you begin the journey of the floor plans, you will be looking at 
the gospel, you'll be looking at salvation, and you'll be looking at baptism. And what a great place to start. There is no firmer a foundation than the great news of Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, thank You for this morning. God, thank You for the testimonies that have been spoken. Thank You for the songs that have been sung. More than that, Lord, the topic of those songs, of how great You are, of all that You have done. God, thank You for Your Word. Lord, this this verse is so familiar. Father, I pray that we in this room would continue to chew on the meat of Your Word in John 3.16. For You so loved us that You sent Your Son, You gave us Your Son, that whoever would believe, we wouldn't perish, but we would have life, eternal life. Sir, I don't know what you've been placing your your life on. Ma'am, I don't know if your foundation is on you and all your skills, if your foundation is on your spouse, on your dad, on your kids, on your work. Sir, ma'am, I I, I don't know. But there is one foundation that will not move. There is one foundation that will not be shaken to the point that life will crumble because of all the things of this world. If you don't know Him, I would love to introduce Him to you. If you do know Him, we're going to stand and we're going to sing in just a second. Sing like you know Him. Rest. Rest. In Him. For He has finished the work. Thank Him for breaking the chains. Thank Him for giving you solid footing in the midst of chaos. Thank Him by the way you live today. So as we stand and as we sing, you worship Him. Father, You move. Allow Your Spirit to move in us. Draw us close in Christ's name. Amen. You join us as we sing time of response this morning.